Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? March 3rd edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, your host, Joe Ferraro. Follow me online at Showdown Joe via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can follow us always at Fightful MMA and as well, FightfulMMA.com for all your mixed martial arts news. It is Thursday. Uh, it is super bright and early uh, over in Hawaii. Joined by my guest, always grateful to have Frank Twinkletoes Trigg joining us uh, with a nice tan. <laughs> Brother, what is going on with that thing? Uh, I've been sailing a lot. I got back into uh, uh, in my childhood. <clears throat> in my childhood on Lake Ontario, my dad took me sailing probably from from the first thaw in Rochester, like you know, like Toronto. It could be it could be as early as late February, or it could be as late as late May. You know, when when everything finally thaws out enough to get it back on the water. But as soon as we get in the water, we go we go back in the water and start racing. Come my buddies here have sailboats. We started uh, hanging out with them and just getting back into it. So I've been on the water a lot, helping them out, fix his boats. Or my dad told me when I was what, what did he say when I was like thirteen, he was like, "Boats are a hole in the water you just pour money into." And so I'm look like you look at some of the stuff like yeah, it sounds great. In the lake, it's a lot different. On the ocean, it's salt water, so everything gets eaten up. So you like your pulleys, the pulley screws are coming out, the stanchion stays are coming out, like everything keeps breaking down. So. I'm really tan because I've been working, you know, outside uh, on, on the water trying to fix these stupid things. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I saw some of your Instagram posts and, and the sailing, and everyone knows. Uh, <laughs> it's already started. For those that don't know, we do have a live chat uh, whenever we do these podcasts. Just if you're on the YouTube page and you're live with us right now, um, you can just go over to your screen. On the right-hand side, you'll see a live chat. Didn't take long for someone to come on. Daniel Bemis, or is it Bernis or Dennis, uh, he already puts up screw boats. <laughs> Yesterday we had we did the, the thing with Sean Pearson. I kicked off the podcast uh, talking about the Maple Leafs. He was at the Maple Leaf game. Obviously, we're both huge hockey fans and Maple Leaf fans. And fans are already going screw hockey, talk MMA. So we'll talk MMA uh, in two seconds. But uh, make sure you guys follow. Dude, why, is he, uh, why is he mad at boats? What boats ever do to him? Boats just move stuff around. Like why are you mad at boats? Screw boats. Daniel, why are you mad at boats, man? Come on. 
<laughs> what an idiot. Come oh, on. Man. It's the boat. Um, if for those that don't know, so Frank, you know what Lake Ontario, obviously just mentioned Lake Ontario with Rochester. Uh, in between all my MMA gigs, when I do have time uh, to spend some time with the family, or if I can try and get out on my own, I have a jet ski, but I've never put it on Lake Ontario for absolute fear uh, of the wake. Uh, there's, there's so many lakes up where I live or maybe an hour's drive northeast or west uh they're far more safer but uh i might one day take that jet ski onto uh onto lake ontario maybe just cruise it all the way to to buffalo and get myself in trouble but uh we'll see uh you have a boat or jet ski at all before we get into some mma talk you know what i don't and that's the thing that uh jill and i were talking about um you know one of the things you you've got to get uh in hawaii is you got to get property as soon as you can because it's an island so you can't go any wider like you can't make the suburbs go any further deeper because everybody ends up on the water again. So you, you only have so far you can go, so everything goes up, right? So now all these – it's kind of like uh, – somebody says kind of like Singapore and Malaysia where now because there's no more space, everything's going high. So the first thing we got to do is, is buy a property here, and then after that, she'll let me start looking at a boat. And, uh, of course, she prefers powerboats. I prefer sailboats. So you have to find that, that good mix between the two. But, yeah, I don't have a boat yet, but I have access to – everyone that has lived – all my friends have lived here since they were born, most of them. Or they've been here for over 20 plus years. So they all have boats. They all have jet skis. They all have. So I was called literally if I wanted to have to go off the broadcast, if I want to go down and be like, hey, look, I want to go sail real quick. I could call like four people and there'd be a boat. So we go on somebody's boat and be able to get out in the water. Like it's, it's just how it works down here. That's badass, badass. Speaking of uh, running out of space, it looks like Michael Bisping's running out of space on his calendar because uh, he gave George St. Pierre an ultimatum saying, you either get this fight ready for, get ready for this fight in July or this title shot goes to UL Romero. Uh, we had discussed this uh, with Sean Pearson and Pearson basically cut me off saying, Bisping has no say whatsoever in this fight. It's all GSP. What do you make of all that? Well, he does have some say because the weight class is being hamstrung. And this is, this is really what irritates me about the UFC right now. Um, I get I get that they have to have fights that make sense from a business standpoint. GSP versus a Twinkie makes better business sense than Michael Bisping against Yo Romero because a, a GSP fight is going to sell a lot more money, a lot more seats, a lot more eyeballs will be on it. It's a way better fight for, for the, from a business standpoint for the UFC. But that being said, Bisping is the champ right now. And, the, you know, the, the weight class got held up while Bisping de- uh, defended his title against against uh, Henderson. And they brought a guy, I forget what Henderson was ranked. He was ranked like 10th or 9th or something at the time. And he gets, he gets jumped over, jumps over everybody, leapfrogs everybody to be able to fight him for that title defense. They, they're holding back the weight class. The guys that have worked their asses off to be number one contender, number two contender, number three contender, are not being given that ability to be able to fight for the title. That's the whole point. Of, of this is this is the big thing that the unions are trying to push, and the reason why the, the, all these associations are coming in is because they're trying to say, look, if you're going to have these rankings, then the fights have to be off the rankings, not off of what you think is the best fight for you guys to make money. Because a guy like Yo Romero, who has worked hard to get to that position, he has really put time in and has to stand there going, okay, whenever you get done with GSP now, who never fought at 85, has never been in the weight class, and has been retired for three years, all of a sudden gets to leapfrog the entire weight class. So the title fight, it's GSP. I get it, but you have to also understand these guys. These guys. These guys understanding what's happening in the weight class. So Bisman does have a little bit of a say because you're proving the point of why the associations are trying to get are trying to get um, uh, funded. One and two, trying to get some foothold is because you guys are disrespecting your own rankings. You're saying that a guy that's unranked and hasn't fought in three years is, is eligible to fight for a title fight just because it's a big it's a it's a, it's a bigger money grab 
for everybody involved, Michael included, so you get more money, obviously, you fight GSP, but also the UFC makes more money, obviously. I mean, and, it, and from, a, from a fan standpoint, a GSP fight's always going to sell. A Bisming fight doesn't necessarily always sell, but a Yo Romero-Bisming fight will sell, but not as much as a GSP-Bisming fight. But Bisming absolutely can say, yeah, look, make up your mind. you want to fight or not? I'm not going to start waiting on you. There's, there's eight other guys that, are, that have actually fought in the weight class. They've worked their asses off to get here. They're ready to go. If you're not ready to go, screw you, I'll move on. And then didn't, didn't T. Wood, Tyron Woodley, jump in and go, hell, I'll fight you, Bisming. If, if, uh, if uh, Yo's not ready and if GSP won't send a deal, I'll fight you, I'll fight you for the title too. So it brings up a variety of questions then with what you just mentioned because yesterday the, part of the conversation on the podcast was what's the point of even having rankings? There's no, I mean, people can be ranked. Uh, ranked guys don't really fight each other. Ranked guys don't get their title shots. It's the UFC that determines who fights who, no matter what those rankings say. And the UFC is always going to make, uh, and rightfully so, are always going to make a decision based on potentially what's going to make the most money. Well, well let's, let's understand something. We, we all yelled at, at, at Dana White years ago when he was buying up WEC and buying up Pride and then shutting them down, absorbing all the fighters and absorbing all the libraries and shutting it down. We yelled at him. We're like, oh, that's stupid. And he's destroying the sports, becoming a monopoly. But if any one of us, any one of us had that amount of money and that amount of power and that amount of knowledge, we would do the exact same thing. Flash forward till now, there's no reason for them to pay attention to their own rankings because they're not forced to. All the rankings are for so that they can put it up. It makes a nice, uh, a nice gimmick for um, odds makers. Makes a nice, a nice, uh, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's good graphics on a on a on the video when they're doing the weigh-ins and say this guy's number one versus this guy's number nine. So even if you don't know anything about the sport, you assume the guy that's number one contender will probably beat the guy that's number nine. So that gives you a little bit more involvement into it. But the reality of it is that UFC is a business. They got they got bought by the alphabet because I can't remember who WMGIMC <laughs> They got bought by the alphabet. They're trying to make money. And there's and there is a lot of debt still that, that's that's underneath this thing that no one really knows about. So UFC has got to keep getting these money grabs, you know? And, and and to make this happen, they have to put on big money grab fights. Big money grab fights are the way for these guys to stay afloat and keep their and keep their, their money coming in. It's a business. Until they're forced to do something different. They're not going to, and why would you? If we were in the same position, we would do the exact same thing. This is the problem with, with fans is that they yell and scream about something that they would actually be doing too if they had the exact same situation. We just don't have that situation, so we get to complain about it. But the reality of it is UFC is doing what's right for business. And if they want to stay open and keep their doors open and, and keep running all these shows that they're running, they got to make money. And that's what a Bisbane GSP fight is, is a money grab. It's, it's money for everybody. Listen, that's that's a fact. I mean, I, I own three businesses myself, and and the whole purpose of of being in business is to make money. Uh, you know, I, I do appease clients and stuff like that, but the bottom line is, I won't appease a client if it's going to cost me money long term. The whole purpose of being in business is to provide for my family, uh, to pay off my mortgage, to you know, to live a life that I want to live, to be able to work from home. So when it comes to looking at the UFC uh, and their finances and, and just the, their their way of doing business, I get it, I understand it. Uh, I definitely wouldn't. I, I mean, I don't complain. About about it as much as I would love to see Yoel Romero fight Michael Bisping because that's the real fight. I get it. I get GSP versus Bisping. I get Conor McGregor doing what he wants to do, whether it's Floyd Mayweather or or doing what he did with Jose Aldo or Jose Aldo Jr. Uh, and then moving up and taking on Eddie Alvarez. I get that. That's business. I get it. You know, you mentioned WMI IMG buying the UFC and then still having to make a lot of money based on that purchase. I get that as well. But you did mention associations and or unions uh, that would probably be able to step in. 
and do something about ranked fighters getting title shots. But the other, the other thing that just popped into my mind is when you think about associations and unions, the way they are built right now or the way they are structured right now with the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, they're dealing with one entity that basically covers the sport. So the, the, they're dealing with clients that are just in the NFL. They're dealing with clients potentially that are just in the NHL, maybe some in the AHL. I, I, I get that. But how can a union or an association from a mixed martial arts perspective, what can they possibly do when their fighters are competing in the UFC? And they've got options at Bellator and they've got Ryzen, they've got Titan, they've got all these other options. That'd be a challenge, would it not be? That, that's been my main argument since the very beginning of the first Knucklehead asked me about this 15 years ago. You guys need a union. You guys need a union. But no, it won't work. It, just, it won't work for individual sports. It just doesn't because there's too many. There's too many. Uh, there's too many options out there for too many guys. And so, like, so what? So you have to work out a different deal with each one of these promotions. And then what happens when a new promotion pops up? Like Ryzen. How old is Ryzen? Ryzen's been around for what a year. So you have these all these things set up, and all of a sudden, boom! Another big promotion pops up. Now you have to renegotiate with this with this promotion for the, for the fighters to get their equal right. And the thing is that. That you 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 in these the NHL, MLB, NFL, all these guys have league minimums. If you sign with the league, you get a particular minimum. That's what you get to be as part of the league. Uh, I forget what it is. I think it's, it was five hundred thousand for for hockey for a while, but I don't know what it is now. Um, but you, that's what you get. No matter what happens to you, you get that amount of money when you when you're playing in the bigs, and then when you go down to the minor leagues, you get a different contract. It's a minor league contract. That's just how it goes. Well, so how are you going to negotiate these deals? With each promotion, each promotion that is going to hide all their money, that's going to go off with the amount of money that you can potentially make, which means UFC is going to be paying the lion's share, Bellator next, and then World Series of Fighting, and then down to Titan, and blah, blah, blah. Right? So how is this all going to work? It's, it's not. It's just really not going to work. It's just, the, the thing is, is that what they're really trying to do is they're trying to go make it fair so competitive competition happens for everybody. Make it more like boxing. It's basically what MMA is doing is that for years we're trying to separate ourselves from boxing. and go, no, we're not like boxing. We are MMA. But in the reality, the the uh, the, the heads, um, uh, Martha Yukitas, who's the head of California California Athletic Commission, she controls both boxing and MMA. Now, in 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 certain states, it's the one it's one entity for both. But it's really, if you look at it, boxing and MMA have always been tied together. Now, all of a sudden, we're realizing, hey, with the Muhammad Ali Act and and the way that the boxing does it, the rankings actually make sense. They actually the number one guy versus uh, the champion makes sense, and it happens all the time. It's a great, great money fight or not. We saw how much, how many problems we ran into. We're trying to get Pacquiao and Mayweather to fight. It took years to make that fight happen because everyone's going up. Well, there's no reason to make it happen because it was a, it was a money fight. You know, it's these money fights. Take a lot of work to make these things happen. Look at look at the rumors of McGregor and Mayweather. Right? It's it's a money, money grab, but McGregor's not ranked, and so now it's like you have all these other things going on. With the ranking system, like, yes, okay, now next fight is this guy. Okay, I just beat I beat number one contender. I'm still the champ. Now I'm the number two contender. Oh, no, he's next. Okay, he lost number three contender. So now I have to fight number three contender. It's just, it's very simple. It just runs it down. It makes it easy. But having a full union like you think about in NHL or, or, or MLB or any of the big leagues, in the big four, is not going to happen from me. It just can't happen that way because it's a different structure, a different entity. For those tuning in live right now, don't forget, we do have the live chat. Feel free to put up your comments, questions, uh, concerns, whatever, uh, to yours truly and Frank Trigg. Uh, I will address them as I see them pop on the screen, uh, provided uh, you 
guys aren't going nuts like you did yesterday, which was actually was awesome. It was hilarious, but uh, I had to moderate uh, accordingly because uh, a couple of arguments uh, ensued, but uh, amongst themselves. Uh, and Pearson lost his marbles. Um, I, don't look mention- at the chat, man. I don't. I don't know how you do it. Like I don't know how you can sit there and maintain keeping on air with us and looking at the chat at the same time and trying to bounce because like the chat, man. Sometimes. The fans get crazy. They just start putting the most random stuff out there. It makes you seriously go, you know, that, that actually could kind of work. That makes no sense, but it actually kind of it kind of makes sense in how this and how the conversation is going. And then they get in arguments amongst themselves about who's got the better bald head, and all of a sudden becomes a full blown civil war. Like, That's exactly you- what happened last night. That's exactly what happened last night. It was all about uh, bald heads. Uh, why, why there's so many people at Fightful MMA that have bald heads versus people that actually have hair. Uh, and Pearson ripped me because, yeah, I'm follically challenged. And he shaves his head. I'm like, dude, who cares? Uh, you know, here's Vinny Fernando who joined us yesterday. He's saying, blame Sean Ross Sapp. I agree. It's all Sean Ross Sapp's fault. He's the managing editor of Fightful. It's not my problem. I just, you know, I, I come on here. I host the podcast every day. And uh, we take it from there. Um, the one thing that, that you mentioned about Tyron Woodley, um, he basically said he'll put his foot and Bisping's ass if GSP, because GSP is too scared to fight. And Yoel Romero is saying that Bisping's too scared to fight. Uh, GSP is saying potentially it's going to be, or not GSP didn't say this. There's the rumor that this fight might not happen in July, that it's going to happen in September. I disagree. I think it's going to happen in July. Uh, I know there's that four-month time frame for George St. Pierre to deal with all that USADA stuff. Uh, but that USADA stuff, I think, doesn't happen in March when the press conference actually took place at the beginning of this month. I think George was involved a little bit earlier. So that four month can pass. Doesn't mean he can't train and be ready for a fight in July. I think he'll be more than ready. So I, I or the only thing I can think of, Frank, other than the USADA stuff, is that George maybe wants to put on a bit more weight and give himself more time to put on some weight. But I doubt it. Well, so here, so here's the problem. If that was the case, then you should have shut up and not gone to a press conference. If you need more time to put more weight on, and you need to fight Bisman, you need, you need to announce that you're going to fight this guy, right? So you make an announcement about a fight. That's, and this is I, I hate to keep picking up, up Floyd, but this is the thing about Floyd. When he makes an announcement for a fight, it's it's eight, nine, ten weeks out before the fight starts. So eight weeks later, he makes the announcement, hey, this fight is happening. Eight weeks later, the fight happens. That's it. That, that, that's it. This is what happens. It seems like with this GSP comeback, He's been coming back since the end of last year. It's been really a long time since the rumors have been out that he's trying to come back and then the deal didn't get done and then he had a problem. He had to wait and hold on. And the reality of it is is that that he was in the middle of getting this deal done and somehow he found out what they told him directly or he found out through the Roomville that the UFC is being sold. So he's like, why am I negotiating with you guys where I have a new set of owners that are going to be coming here in a minute? I'm going to just wait for them. And since these guys already represent me, and, and, uh, and when I'm when I'm playing the, the French soldier in, in, in uh, Winter Soldier, when I'm playing the French guy in Winter Soldier, they already rep me for that. So why don't I just wait for them to take over and then work with them? So these things keep getting delayed. This whole time, he could have figured that, hey, I'm either going 55, I'm going 70, I'm going 85. So he needed to lose weight. He should have been on it back in, in September, October. He's trying to gain weight. He should have been back on it in September, October. He's going to stay the same weight. He should have stayed the same weight back in September, October. Now all of a sudden, we're, we're coming up on April. We're, we're a few days away from April. And it's still like when the fight is still not signed, but the announcement's already been made that he's coming back. So this is, makes no sense to me. If you announce you're coming back, then there should be a fight schedule. And whatever the weight class is, is a weight class. Just sign a deal and be done with it. I'm kind of getting the sense there's some back put, there's some pushback on GSP's point of what's going to happen in the end. Do I have to sit there? Because we talked about it before. Am I going to fight Yo Romero? If I'm GSP and I just fight, I fight Bisping and I win, am I fighting Yo Romero next? No is way. Is that what you want to do? 
So there's got to be other novice things like, hold on, I got to fight Bisping. Now we have a whole new thing we got to renegotiate because I'm not fighting the old Romero. I'm not getting my I'm not getting my eye sockets close the rest of my life. Like I'm not making that happen. So let me figure this out. And so I think there's some other stuff going on in the background that we just don't know about, which is why there's this big delay. And Bisman's getting frustrated. He wants to make this big money grab. He wants the money like everybody else wants the money. July. Come on. Step, get off your ass and let's say it. July. Let's just say July. Let's make it happen. He's like, okay, well, and it makes sense, Joe, to have GSP come back to the International Fight Week, which is always in July. Like, why wouldn't you? That's always the biggest card that tends to be one of the bigger cards of the year. For the UFC, why wouldn't you have him come back then? Why wait till September? What what card? What memorable card? I mean, I'm sure it's a memorable card, but you never really think about. Oh yeah, September. September for the UFC is really big. You don't really think about that that kind of that September being a being a great date for the UFC. It's always a it's always a great show, but it's not really a great date. July because of UFC 100 has st- established in our minds. July is a big month for the UFC, so it's going to be. It, Bisman is right. It's going to be in July if it's going to happen. That's the time that most eyeballs will be paying attention. They've already got locked in four days in a row, I believe, at the T-Mobile Center in Las Vegas for that specific event. So it just makes sense. To everybody involved, it makes sense to have in July, but what's happening behind the scenes we don't know about. Is there pushback because they're trying to figure out, you know, am I going to get am I going to get a bet in half by Yo Romero? Am I going to have to go back down to 170? Like, what's going to happen? So I'm sure that part of it is what's going on because I can't see GSP not signing. You know, not wanting to sign after making this big announcement, he's coming back. Doesn't make any sense to me. Of course, yeah. I, I like I said, I think that fight's going to take place in. I I think it's it's not mandatory, but pretty much mandatory to have UL Romero on that card as well because he's the next guy, uh, or he is the guy that should be getting the championship fight or the title shot after that, or whoever beats him if it's a, a you know, quote-unquote higher-ranked opponent. Uh, I'm a huge fan of whenever the UFC does uh, title fights as a main event and then have the number one contender, if available, also compete on that same card. Uh, but what do you do with Yuel Romero? Because the guy that he should be fighting potentially in, in a rematch is Jacare, and Jacare is already booked. So it, it's going to be a tough call for the UFC if they don't put him on there, but I'd love to see him fight on that same card. Well, you know, I love that too when they do that. When they do that basis of the of the number one contender and the and the champ fighting on the same card and showing, okay, this is the next guy in line, like whoever it is. Um, the problem is, is that we said at the beginning of the, the podcast, rankings don't matter. So obviously, we have this guy. It's a great, it's a great visual effect. Oh, number one guy versus you know is fighting just before the champ comes out and fights, and we get to see, okay, Yo Romero just beat Jacare, or Jacare just beat Yo Romero. And now we get to see who's going to, is going to be GSP, who's going to be Bisping. We get to see what happened. You know, we get to see, we get to, like, that one night gives us a, a definite ending of, of the weight class. It lets us know this is what's next. But the reality of it is, it doesn't matter. It's not going to, it doesn't make any difference. So him not fighting Jacare isn't that big of a loss. But him being on the card, I agree, he has to be on the card. But they have to find somebody that's going to challenge him visually, that's going to make it look like a great fight and make it look like whoever is the champ, whether it's GSP or Bisping, is going to have a tough time with Yo Romero as they're, they're doing a disservice. To Yo Romero, they're not giving the, not giving the bump or the push that he needs to make it to the next level. So they're in a situation too where it's really hard. It, uh, uh, UFC is, a, is an American-based company. And it's really hard having people that don't speak English very well as their champs because they can't get a big push in, in the states. You know, they get big pushes in their home country, but not in the states. So it's always very hard to have someone that doesn't doesn't speak a very a very clear line of, of English. Uh, 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 GSP, obviously broke that mold um, by being the best champ, you know, and breaking the records and all that when he was, when he was a champ, of course, the more and more he had to speak English as, a, as opposed to Quebecois, the better he got at it. So it became, and of course, the fans got endured to him. It's going to be tough to sell you over there. 
you know, if he's a champ. And I, I see the UFC's point of maybe we need to hold him back a little bit. Maybe let's let's let him sit a little while because if he becomes a champ, then what do we do? Kind of thing. We're going to lose another mouthpiece because Bisping is a great mouthpiece for the weight class. But I agree. He's got to be on that card. Jack Ray is booked. Who are we going to put him with? Where does he go next? I mean, it's like you can't put him with anybody that 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 is going to make. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Well, he could. I mean, he could throw him the wolves and put somebody that's probably going to beat him. But then, really, who else in the weight class can kind of maintain who he hasn't beat yet that has a name, has a recognition, that actually makes an interesting fight? Off the top of my head right now, sitting here, I can't think of anybody that that's a great fight for him besides Jacare. And I agree. Uh, TJD Fins for life. Uh, dropping some F-bombs in the chat if people want to see it. Uh, he's basically saying uh, expletive GSP three years is a long time, and he got his ass handed to him by Hendricks, who's on the tail end of his career right now, Bisping versus Romero first. I agree, but it's also GSP, who I believe is a special athlete and potentially can prove that he could be a force and defeat Michael Bisping and put a second title uh, around his waist. First, obviously, when he was a welterweight champ. Second, uh, becoming only him, BJ Patton, uh, Randy Couture, and Conor McGregor uh, to be fighters champions in two separate divisions. Uh, Old Sammy, or Ole Sammy Ole says George should get an acting coach and be a Hollywood movie star now. Mike does have an acting coach. He probably wants to be a Hollywood star as well. Uh, but TJD, TJD Fins for Life wants to know, why is the UFC giving Kelvin Gauselum a Legends Tour? And what the F is going on with Kessa? Get him fighting. Well, Kelvin Gauselum asked for Anderson Silva. He got Anderson Silva. I get this Legends Tour thing. Not many people are happy about it. As for Kiesa, there are rumors that he's fighting Kevin Lee, and that might be the main event for that Oklahoma show where, where Johnny Hendricks is competing against Tim Boach. <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, BJ Penn's taking on... Dennis Seaver, uh, your thoughts on all this? Well, um, who's the first one we're talking about? Uh, um, not Chester, the other one. Uh, Kevin Gaslam. Gaslam. Gaslam, people forget that Anderson Silva is ranked higher than Gaslam in the weight class. He, he, if you go back to the rankings again, he's like, these guys are ranked higher than me. Of course I want Anderson Silva. It's a big name. It's a guy that's got a huge reputation. He used to be pound for pound the best fighter in the world. And I got a shot to beat him, and he's higher ranked than me. So he keeps beating these guys that are higher ranked than him. Why keep you know picking on these old guys? These old guys are doing better than me in the weight class than 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 I am. So why wouldn't I call it the old guys? First thing I beat you at Belfort, beat him up, good, perfect. Now I can move up a little bit. Oh, but it was still still ranked higher. I'm gonna go after him now. So it keeps he keeps moving his ranking system up. It makes sense from Kevin's standpoint to call these guys out because he's at the perfect time to beat these guys. He hasn't had that much experience at 185, so not a lot of time for him to look at him at 185 and see how he's a fighter for them to train for him. But there's tons of footage on everyone he's fighting, you know, we're talking 30, 40 matches for him to look at to make a, make a decision on how he's going to fight these guys. So it makes perfect sense. And uh, I'm pretty sure that the Chester-Kevin Lee deal, is, is a, if it's not done, is about to be done um, uh, and for that fight. Cause it's it's – I don't know why Chess was sitting back, sitting back for so long. Great fighter. I, don't, I have no idea why he's sitting around, but definitely, definitely deserves to be a main event. 
No, you think, it, you think it yeah. should be a main event? Because we were talking about it yesterday. Even Pearson said, yeah, I could see it being the main event because you've got to promote these guys on fight nights. Uh, my theory was I would have put Johnny Hendricks in that main event only because he's from Oklahoma. But, you know, you, you can obviously uh, debate that back and forth. But you like that as a potential main event, Kevin Lee versus uh, Michael Reza? Like, I do. I do like that as a main event because – so kind of how I see what they're doing with the, with their television, the pay-per-views are the big shows. That's the big show. And then you have these these fight nights, which is to promote because because more eyeballs get on fight night because it's, it's an easier channel to get a hold of. Um, it costs less money when you have it. That uh, uh, you get on these fight nights and it becomes a situation where I'm gonna push the next. I gotta push the next set of guys. So what am I gonna do? I gotta push these next set of guys. And for me to push these next set of guys, I've got to give them a platform. Because on, on a fight night, so the fight nights are push the next level guy. You're looking at. At uh, uh, Seaver and 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 uh, uh, BJ Penn, neither one of those guys is going for a title shot anytime soon. They're, they're not. Their their careers are basically done. They're not ever going to be back on that title. I could be wrong. They could win a couple here and there, and then of course, you know, UFC doesn't care about rankings, so they'll leapfrog over somebody and get a shot. But the reality of it is that they're. It looks like they're pretty much done. I mean, BJ's on what a four fight losing streak, five fight losing streak. Like he's not doing very well at all. He's basically getting getting smashed around. Um, Hendricks at, at eighty five against another 170-pounder that had to move up to 85. Uh, uh, in, in, um, in, uh, uh, so you're, you're looking at a situation where do you really want to give these guys pushes, give these guys bumps? Hendricks is going to sell tickets in Oklahoma because he's from Oklahoma. That's just how it's going to work. Like, it doesn't make a difference where he is in the card. He can be first on the, on the, the fight pass prelims, and they're still, gonna, they're still gonna go ahead and have him come in. And, and he's still gonna make, make a, a, a lot of ticket sales just because his name is on the card. But of course, because Johnny Hendricks have to put him up a little bit higher on the main event. But I still think that that Kevin Lee and, and the Chester fight is a much better fight to have as a main event because it helps bump up the next generation of guys. And stylistically looking at these fights, stylistically looking at these fights, that's of the three fights we just mentioned, that's the most exciting fight, really, of what these guys are going to do. Everybody else is going to slow down come middle of the second round. A lot of talk right now in the chat about Francis Ngannou. Who would you put him against next? Obviously, uh, I would have much rather seen him fight Alistair Overeem uh, and or um, Fabrizio Verdum. Unfortunately, Alistair Overeem and Fabrizio Verdum are fighting each other again for the third time. Uh, that'll be going down in July. Uh, Ngannou's options are slim right now because above him in the rankings are Junior Dos Santos, who's taken on the champion, and Stipe Miocic. Uh, the only other option, number two, is Cain Velasquez, and we don't know when Cain Velasquez is coming back. If you go down the rankings, Mark Hunt, he'll be taking on uh, Derek Lewis. That's next. Ngano's already defeated Arlovsky. Brown is coming off a loss um, to Derek Lewis. There's Stefan Struve, Alexander Volkov, Tim Johnson. There, there isn't many options right now for Ngannou because that one option, I believe, was Overeem or perhaps for Doom is pretty much gone right now. So what do you do with Ngannou? Well, it depends. What, what's this, you have to ask these guys, too. And this is the other thing that, that when you have 500 or so athletes on your roster and you've got to get these guys fights, how often does he want to fight? That's another question you have to ask him. He might be okay sitting around for eight months and not, not fighting for eight months. He might be okay with that. Or he might be like, i got to fight four or five times a year. You know, this is just, you know, it depends on who you, Like Derek Lewis, after his last fight with Travis Brown, he walked off, don't talk to me for four months. Don't, don't anybody talk to me for four months. I'm taking some time off. I'm going to relax. Uh, if, if, if it was, shoot, if it was 45 days late, I don't think it was that long to make an announcement for his next fight. You're like, <laughs> I thought he wanted off for four months. He's like, hey, man. He got home, had to give his money all to his girl, and had the other little spendable income he had in his back pocket. He's like, I'm running through my money. Like, man, you got to put me back to work. I got to get to work again. So you got to figure out, you know, what's he not going to want to do? Uh, does he want to fight a lot? If he wants to fight a lot, 
he's kind of really in a position where if he wants to be active, he's got to suck it up and go down the rankings. Now, I want to see him. I thought a Mark Hunt fight would be great and be able to celebrate Mark Hunt as well and make a decision whether Mark is still in the game or if he needs to move on to something else, you know, and get out of the way um, uh, after that loss, the way he lost to Overeem. But, yeah, but Hunt's already booked up too. So now what do you do with this guy? you got to start moving him down. At that point, you're like, close your eyes and point because these other guys are so far beneath him in the rankings, it doesn't matter which one he fights because if he loses, it's all the same. He's so far, he's going to get moved so far down. It's lost all the momentum he has right now. But if he, if he maintains uh, and wins this fight, it's just another fight that kept him active and it gives him more time to be on the mic. It gives him more time to be in front of the camera, which helps push his position up for the next time when they need a, need a guy to move up, higher up, either jump up to number two or, or fight the champ if, if, um, uh, if uh, somebody else gets hurt. Uh, TJD, TJD Fins for Life wants to know about Ngano versus Struve. I don't know if that fight would take place. I think it potentially could, but they do train together. Um, it's not the Black Zillions anymore, uh, but they trained at least in the same room. That I know for a fact when I go down to do Titan FC shows in Florida. Uh, Ngano versus Lewis is another option he suggests. Unfortunately, Lewis is already fighting uh, Mark Hunt. I would love to see Ngano versus Lewis, especially if Lewis defeats Hunt. Uh, we'll see. I know he also mentions Curtis Blades wants a rematch. I don't think Curtis gets that rematch uh, anytime soon. There is talk on the chat right now of Mighty Mouse. Uh, and why is it Muddy Mouse competing at 135 and or 145? First of all, he won't fight at 145. Uh, at 135, I could understand it, but he's a lot smaller than the guys at 135, as crazy as that only 10-pound difference may sound. Mighty Mouse's goal right now is to become that one champion who's defended the title the most, who's been the champion the longest, who's held the belt the longest. He's got Wilson Hayes coming up next. After that, uh, we, I know we have to wait for Sergio Pettis to take on Henry Cejudo, uh, and I don't think Sergio Pettis right now will be able to defeat. Um, I know I'm, I'm jumping past Wilson Hayes. I shouldn't do that, but I don't think uh, Sergio Pettis can defeat Muddy Mouse just yet. Uh, my thoughts on Muddy Mouse would be if he does defend his title uh, versus Wilson Hayes and if, or Heisen, if they do give Pettis a title shot, should he defeat Cejudo? Uh, the only guy that's going to beat um, Mighty Mouse at 125 is Father Time and a fighter right now in his early 20s who's coming up and when he does get that title shot, Mighty Mouse would be, you know, in his mid to late 30s uh, will have a much better opportunity. A guy that comes to mind right off the bat is a guy not even in the UFC uh, in Jose Shorty Torres who's the Titan FC featherweight champ, or excuse me, flyweight champ. That's something that I could see happening uh, at a later date, a much later date. But in terms of Mighty Mouse, and this is a guy that's not going to be fighting on pay-per-view unless it's a co-main event, what do you do, Frank? Because I'd like to see him fight Cody Garbrandt eventually if Cody Garbrandt defeats TJ Dillashaw. You know, I... I, I think... I have a real hard time with, with the treatment of Mighty Mouse. I mean, I have a real hard time with it. He has completely decimated the weight class three times now. He's gone through the entire weight class like three times. When Anderson Silva did the exact same thing, they were all over him. They were, I mean, they were p- pushing him everywhere. They were doing whatever they could. The Anderson Silva in front of the, in front of the, the mic. They're not even remotely doing that with, with, uh, with uh, Mighty Mouse. Or, or with T Wood for that matter, you know it, it's it's been it, it's a little strange to me that you have you have the pound for pound best fighter in the world who is coming up. I think the next fight breaks breaks the record. If if Mighty Mouse wins, the next fight tie the record. I think it breaks the record. Uh, I'll wait. For, I think uh, Sean Ross Sapp, who's talking in the third person right now uh, on the chat, <laughs> will probably let us know in a moment. Uh, I think it breaks the record. That freaking guy. 
So no, 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 <laughs> no, no. Doesn't it? But then if GSP wins, doesn't he tie the record if he beats Bisping? So like, aren't they both like neck and neck now? Mighty Mouse and, and uh, GSP. So if GSP believe, wins. Yeah, I think you're right. Mighty yeah. Till so GSP wins, or GSP wins, and they're tied again. It's like like that leapfrogging game. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So you got a guy in this in this level. Like he's at this level, and we're over here talking about a comeback from a guy that retired three years ago. We're arguing, and, and now he's fighting in a weight class. He doesn't even he's not even never fought him before. Like this is a, this is the main part of this conversation of this entire podcast was GSP. But Mighty Mouse has got a fight that he's already signed for that's coming up, right? Am I wrong in this? Or am I am I talking out of my ass? So he's got a fight coming up, right? Mighty Mouse does. Yeah, against Wilson Hayes. Yeah, and, and and he's already signed for it, right? He's he's like he's it's it's done. It's like this ink that's got a date, it's got a a venue. Yeah. It's like it's all go. It's Kansas, all that's done. Kansas so why are we talking about fit. GSP? Why are we talking about GSP? This is still <laughs> fictitious. Mighty Mouse is the best fighter in the world right now. He he is the best fighter in the world, and we're still talking about GSP's comeback. Like we, it, this. We're doing it too. We're feeding into this game. Like we're losing our minds. We're forgetting about this guy at one twenty-five. Is kicking. He's being everybody up, and we're like, oh well. Let's talk about this this guy that hasn't fought in in three years, or this guy that 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 hasn't really defended the belt to anybody higher rank than than ninth at this point. Like this is our conversation, which makes no sense. So. I have a really hard time with the way that Mighty Mouse is kind of promoted. I don't know. It could be Mighty Mouse. You could be like, I don't want to do anything. Leave me alone. You know, that could be on him. But the, but the thing is, is that Mighty Mouse is in a position where he can, he could. He will tie he the can, record, Frank. He's going to, so Demetrius will tie the defense record. Then there's consecutive right. title fight victories. Uh, GSP has won 11 straight title fights, including winning an interim title or winning interim title fights. He can get to 12 with Bisping. So I see what you're saying. Okay. So, do we put an asterisk on that? On that though, because what the hell is an interim title? Like what? Why an interim title? Like it doesn't make like. So, is there an asterisk in there now? We're gonna put like a Barry Bonds asterisk in the rule book, or a Mark McGuire asterisk in the rule book? Now, is that what's gonna happen with all that mess? It's a. Uh, uh, but we're really doing a disservice with 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 Mighty Mouse, man. This this guy is is decimating the weight classes and not getting any love, and and honestly. It just could be the fans, like the way the fans approach it. Because I mean, you look—I'm not looking at the chat. You're looking at the chat. How many of you prefer to see Mighty Mouse fight over GSP? I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be like 80% GSP and 20% Mighty Mouse. Like it doesn't, so it doesn't equate over. So that's why we're not, he's not getting. You know, part of it's that he's not getting that big bump. But Mighty guys, Mouse, you guys in the chat, guys in the chat, uh, who would you rather see fight? Just type either GSP uh, or Mighty Mouse. Go. Sorry, Franco. And it's gonna it's gonna be a, a, a situation where it's gonna be all GSP. Like everyone's gonna say, "Oh, GSP, of course." And it's, that's the thing is like now now we're coming back to the money grab situation. Money Mouse is not a money grab, like you said. He, if he's on a pay per view, he has to be the co main event. He doesn't sell pay per views. So what do you do? You put him on fight nights. Like, so he's a main event on a fight night. So you can put him in Oklahoma City. Like you can't do that to him. Like he's a champ. He's gonna lose his pay per view numbers. Like so, what do you do with this whole mess? So he's in a weird spot because he is a champ. He is the best fighter there is in the world. And he just doesn't get any love from the fans. Well, the whole thing regarding that, uh, it's, it's, it's the old adage, right? It's the old adage where, unfortunately, bigger is better. It's that mentality, the North American mentality. Bigger is better. I can't even tell you how many times uh, over my career uh, when I've met either fans, people I've worked with at Sportsnet, people you know personally, uh, people in general, uh, I would punch Mighty Mouse in the face and I would knock him out. And I'm like, are you insane? 
Yeah. But this guy would hit you so many times, so fast, so hard, you wouldn't even know what day it is of the week. Your kids will feel it. Your kids' kids will feel it. This guy hits. You think he doesn't generate power? Go watch him shadow box. Go watch him hit the mitts and see what that thud feels or sounds like. Imagine that thud hits your jaw or hits your leg. So people are always obsessed with bigger is better. And when they see a 125-er, they're like, nah, he can't do nothing. I, I could beat this guy up. And those are the same guys that give the argument that that Bruce Lee beats Mike Tyson. Uh-uh. They're the same guys in the same argument. I'm like, well, hold on a second. You're going to beat up Mighty Mouse. We're just saying Bruce Lee beats Mike Tyson. Bruce Lee was, was 135 pounds. Like, you're talking about 10-pound difference between these two guys. So, so you got to make up your mind on which way you're going to argue this match, right? And the reality of it is, is that Mighty Mouse is one bad mf'er. He is a bad man and will do a lot of damage to a lot of people. Now, is he going to beat up Stephen Miosic? No. Stephen's going to grab my little and just – but Stephen's trained, you know? Two trained athletes versus each other, it's, it's the bigger guy always wins. But you take, you know, Mighty Mouse versus Bobby T, who wins? I mean, of course Mighty Mouse does. He beats Bobby every time. This is how it works. Uh, Mighty Mouse versus versus uh, 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 any un, any other non-trained guy under, under 400 pounds, he's going to win every time. What's yeah. the chat saying about who they want, GSP or, or GSP? Right yeah, it's mainly GSP. Uh, yeah. There is some talk about some other matchups, but it is mainly GSP. Uh, it, it, it's understandable. And going back to that statement you just made, I remember Mike Ricci when he was on the Ultimate Fighter uh, and and Coach Shane Carwin. He told me a story. It was never it was never recorded or never really uh, shown on the show. But he said, you know, there was one time when he was upset with the training and he got sort of upset with Shane Carwin and it was decided, you know what, let's just get in the cage uh, and just spar, just, just let it all out, clear the air and blah, blah. And, and, you know, Richie tried and Richie's a damn good fighter, but he said Shane Carwin literally would put his hand on his head, and beat the crap out of him. Yeah. Richie did what he did, did what he could. He said, I, I, I did well, but whenever Shane Carwin decided to just do whatever he wanted to do, I was just, I mean, that, that, the hand, the fist, yeah. So it's, 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 you know, unfortunately, bigger is better. And that's what we're so mentally used to seeing. Uh, and if you don't appreciate uh, Muddy Mose, who I've long stated for the, for the longest time ever, is a perfect mixed martial artist. And I got that. I, I, I'll never forget. I've seen him a hundred times as a shadow box and fight and stuff like that and just be in the gym with him. But the one time I noticed it was in Vancouver when he was competing in Vancouver and we had the whole media workout and just watching him warm up. And we were talking and I, I said, no, go, go do your thing. And he's always, you know, he throws the pitbull thing at me all the time and blah, blah. And then just watching him just do his technique and the perfection that this guy has in, in, in the way he executes his technique. And then he does it in, in the actual form of, of, of combat. I mean, the guy is just so perfect, but he's a small guy. He's 125. What are you going to do? And it's, that's just how it works. I mean, that's unfortunate for Mighty Mouse, but he's just got to keep doing the best that he can with what he's got. And, and unfortunately, it's always going to be, you know, a Bisbing mouthpiece or a a GSP mouthpiece, and that's just how it's going to work. All right, man. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, anything you want to say before we let you go? Because I'm sure you are. Guys, on the chat, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate uh, you guys coming on there. You guys make this podcast fly uh, whenever you're on here. Uh, but, Frank, uh, it's going to be a long time. Seven days between you and I. It's emotionally heartbreaking for me. But I live through your – I live – you know, I don't even bust your chops anymore via text. I just got to go on your Instagram and, and – live through you this damn sailing stuff but what do you got going on uh acting wise stunt wise life wise over the next seven days um, before we see you big show coming out i just found out uh it's in humans so it's 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 uh, the crossover between um I, you know they don't give us any scripts we get we only get our dailies whatever but they're they're it's a crossover with guardians of the galaxy and um avengers 
right? Yeah, Avengers. Well, they're doing the Inhuman piece now of the of all these uh, all these humanoids getting tr- transferred into these super superheroes. You know, kind of crap that's going on. I'm doing a. I have a. Um, I'm in the first two episodes uh, playing a uh, a royal guardsman, and <clears throat> it's pretty epic. Uh, you got you got to see my makeup in it. You got to see what happens. It's, it's pretty. It's a pretty epic production, and it's going to IMAX. So the first, it's a TV show on ABC, but the first two episodes go to IMAX, or in IMAX for two weeks, and then they release them on whatever night it's going to air, uh, back to back the first two episodes, and then they go into the third episode, and then the rest of the the rest of the eight are going to be uh, whatever whatever night they're going to air it on TV. But that's coming out in September, and I'm, it's it was I got a random phone call, I was like, eh, maybe I'll check it out, I'll see, because they're being real cryptic. And I hate those cryptic phone calls. I went in there. And <laughs> like, oh, I'll take this job. I'll work this one. A lot of hot days, you know, 95 degrees and, and full military garb, you know, dressed boots and gloves and dressed all like long sleeves and hats on. And it was hot as hell, but it was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. And then, uh, um, uh, I, oh, uh, remember Chris Weber? Do you remember Chris Weber? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Player. He has a new show called Full Court Pranks where the, the celebrity pranks the civilian as opposed to punked whereas the civilian uh pranked the celebrity so it's a little switch it's a little bit more it's a little more detailed but uh my my uh, episode just aired last monday um paul rodriguez escaped uh uh the the um paul rodriguez the skateboarder the professional skateboarder he was the head guy the head celebrity on the show that was getting getting us to prank other people so it was, it was pretty cool it was a pretty neat little fight scene i did with another buddy of mine tory and that was on uh True TV. It's, you can see that on True TV. It's on TrueTV.com. You can look it up. Uh, but yeah, and then then just still, you know, NCSLA next week and just banging away. Awesome, awesome. Uh, by the way, TJ Fins for life. I see uh, your question about Cormier uh, and Rumble Johnson up there. Uh, what are our thoughts in our in our opinion? I will. We will. All of us here at Fightful MMA, especially on the podcast, we'll discuss uh, Rumble versus uh, DC very, very soon because that fight's coming up. I don't want to give anything away just yet because uh, I do want to watch a few more things as well uh, regarding that fight. But we do thank all of you guys in the live chat. We do want to fa- thank Frank Trigg. Make sure you follow Frank online at Frank Trigg via social media. Follow, follow at Fightful MMA. Follow yours truly at Showdown Joe. For those of you who tuned in afterwards on iTunes and on Stitcher, we thank you as well. Try and c- join us live because the chat is absolutely fantastic. Uh, kind of makes the podcast absolutely uh go by very, very quickly. So we thank you very, very much. But for now, we bid you a fond adieu tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, to my understanding. I'll be joined by Sean Rossap, who will... You know, Frank, you didn't drop any F-bombs this show, did you? No, I didn't. Not one. We failed. I failed. I failed as a host to not get you to drop F-bombs. I think Pearson made up for you, though, yesterday, because he just... He dropped a bunch? Oh, he well, went off. Fuck he that fucking guy. Oh, sorry, what? Are we still live? No. We're still. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we will discuss a lot more tomorrow with Sean Ross Sapp. We'll, we'll talk maybe perhaps about uh, that Bellator card with uh, Rampage versus King Mo 2, uh, and we'll go down with that. But for now, as always, I say ciao for now.